are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to open them to our text that we've been using. Uh, this is our third week, and uh, this will be my final, uh, at this point anyway, talking on the love of God. This is number three in our series. And uh, the love of God's a good subject, isn't it? We're not just talking about love. I mean, we could have all kinds of preconceived ideas about love, but no, we're talking about the love of God. Amen? And we talked about how the Greeks had different words for, the love, for love. Storge. Philip, uh, um, um, and uh, agape, which is the love we're talking about, and of course eros. They had to they had to split it up into four different categories because actually, if we tried to bunch it all into one, it just won't work. If you try to you know define love by just one word, which was what we try to do sometimes in in our language, and uh, we mess up. Because we get looking over into the area of feelings, don't we? We think, well, love's just a good feeling. But that's not love. That's not what love is at all. Not the love we're talking about, anyway. John 13, 34. Hallelujah. This is Jesus, written in red. He's our commander and our chief. So I think it's important that we pay attention to what he's got to say to us. 13:34, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Wow. Jesus is asking us to love in the same fashion that he has loved, that he loved us. We're to love others. Amen? See, this is written here, brothers and sisters, to the church family. This is written to the church family, right? That would be a time for you to jump in and agree with me on that. This is is written to the body of Christ. It's not written to the world. This is written to the family of God. That's you and me. Important words then, right? (laughs) Hallelujah, it sure is. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, that you loving me and me loving you, as I have loved you. In the same fashion that Jesus loved us, we're to love one another. Okay? And it says here, by this shall all men know. By this what? By this love. By this love that we have one for another, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have, if you have love one to another. So it's not based on uh, our church attendance. Amen? It's not based on how many scriptures we have rehearsed and memorized. It's certainly not based on the size of our Bible. Amen? The Bible says that men are going to know that we are disciples of Jesus because we have loved one for another. That's the word of God. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. We went over last time, we talked about also about 1 Thessalonians 4, 
9 to 10, that this, we talked about this love not being a feeling, but the Bible says that we are taught of God to love one another. Taught of God. Wow. I think the best teacher in the world would be God. So if he's teaching us to love, and we're not operating in love, what's the problem? I'd say there's a probably a... I, I, do you think God could be a problem? I don't think so. I, I, I'd almost just about guarantee it, that it would be you and I that would be the problem, not God. If he's the one that's teaching us, we've got to pay attention. Amen? And it's easy to let it slip. You know, you know all these things that we talk about, when we, when we bring the word out and we talk about them, they're, they're a lot easier to talk about than they are to do. We do understand that there's a doing involved here. It's just not, you know, you coming and listening to the word and then walking out and not doing anything about it. Isn't that right? Because then that would put us in the same category that James talked about. You see, James said that if you don't be a doer of what you hear, you're actually deceiving your own selves. So if I hear the word and I just sort of put it on the shelf and don't do anything about it, don't act upon it, then the Bible tells me that I'm making a mistake and it will come up to get me in the long run. What I'm saying is we're deceiving ourselves. It's not that God's after us. We're deceiving our own selves. We don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be doing that. It's too late for deception, brothers and sisters. We do realize that Jesus is getting close to coming, right? Are we, are we in Colate Community Church? or, or What's going on here? Are we in Colate Community Church? Are you, are you a believer with me? Are you in agreement with the Word of God? Well, jump in. Glory to God. Get your feet wet. Amen? See, we're looking for utterance from the Holy Ghost. Well, that's, that's going to that's gonna depend a lot on your participation. That's going to depend a lot on your enthusiasm for the word. If you've got no enthusiasm for the word, you'll walk out of this place the same way you came in. Do you believe it? You want, you want, you want to get something different in your life? You've got you to step in. You've got you to gotta get in the river. Don't, don't just stand along the shore and, you know, warm your feet up a little. And no, you know? Get the sand out from under your toes. No, jump in. Let's get in. Let's swim together. Glory to God. Oh, glory. Amen. I can see you're starting to pick it up now. Praise God. That's good. Romans 5, 5 tells us that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. See, the love of God's in your heart. When you were born again, when you received Jesus as your personal Savior, a new heart was given to you. Remember? The Lord said he would take a heart of stone out of you and put in a heart of flesh. And what is the very first fruit of the new recreated spirit? The first fruit is love. You see? So that love that we're talking about, not feelings, we're talking about that agape love that God bestowed, okay, upon the world. He gave it for the world. He gave his son. That's the greatest love he could do. That love is in you and I because we received him as personal savior. So what I'm getting at here, you've got the goods. You've got the goods to fulfill what the, the, the commandment was given to us. Otherwise, Jesus would be unjust 
to command you and I to do something that we weren't able to accomplish. Is that not correct? We, would hold, we could hold him as an unjust God if he commanded us to do something that there was no way we could possibly get it done. But you and I can get it done. Glory to God. We can operate in this love that Jesus is talking about. And because us doing that, because we will willingly step in, we will willingly make a choice to love each other, Jesus said that there will be a witness in our lives that will draw people onto him. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty important step. Amen? Because do you want to go to heaven and the guy next door dies and goes to hell? Because we wouldn't operate in love? We don't want that. Amen? We want men drawn. As Jesus is lifted up, what did he say? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. The name of Jesus has to be lifted up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our first um, lesson, we talked about love gives. See, the greatest expression of love is giving. That's the greatest expression of love. Is to give. You out there? You gone home? The greatest expression of love is giving. And, uh, you know, I've seen some marvelous times in the world. The world, I'm talking about the world. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the world. Well, they'll come alongside and begin to give. You know, uh, during disasters and stuff, people will open their hearts and do things. You know, they may never attend a church, but they will open and they give a, a divine expression of love by giving. Have you noticed that? Man, if the world can do that, what should the church be able to do? What, what should you and I be able to do? Oh, praise the Lord. The, the greatest expression of love, I'll tell you, is to give. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That was God's greatest gift. His greatest expression of love was to give His Son for us. And we received that, and we're glorious. We're, we're, we're uh, well, we're mighty thankful, aren't we? We are. We're mighty thankful. Every day we thank Him for that. 1 John 3.16. So we've got John 3.16, and then if we go over to 1 John 3.16, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Word of God says. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because He laid down His life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Praise God. This is, this is coming right from the Word of God. Then we talked about, last week, we talked about how that love prefers one another. Oh boy. Here we go. Love, love, actually, if we love our brethren, the Bible says we would put for that person above ourselves. In other words, we would put them before us. That's what love says. Praise the Lord. You know, if you can't say amen, you can say, oh my. Glory to God. Let's go to Romans. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. I'll tell you, you know, we are, we are, the more we get into the word and the more we allow it to work in our lives, the more the stuff will begin to operate in our lives. And really, this is really what the, this is really what it's all about. This is what our Christian walk is about, is letting the word work through us to others. And love, according to Jesus, is a new commandment. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, love is in keeping God's commandments. That shows we love God. If we'll have no regard for his, no respect for his word, no respect for his house, no respect for his people, do you love God? If you have no respect for any of that? As we go along here, we'll, this will be brought to light even in a greater fashion. I mean, we're getting right down to where Christianity is. We're getting right down to what it means to be a Christian. We've got to quit all the facade and all the phony. You know, you know the, the church is not just a social identity. I said the church is just not a social identity. Amen. We are the body of Christ. Amen. Jesus is our head. That means, can your head do anything without your body? Well, see, we've got this preconceived idea that God can just do anything amongst anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We've got nothing to, no play to put in it. You see, that's called a no-fault religion. Every, it's, it's, it's everybody else's fault. It's God's fault. It's, you know, it's, it's never our fault. We need to take ownership. You know, some of it's our fault. Some of it's our fault. We need to take ownership. And, just, and, and, and you know, the reason that we're not doing more and getting more done is probably because we're not listening to some of the word. Could it be that God has a really good plan and he's trying to get us to move in that plan? He's trying to get us to operate in that plan. Could it be? And we're maybe just not hearing like we should. I'm wondering if that could be the case in any of our lives. As the body of Christ in general even. I mean, there's some great things happening in the world here and there. But what about Ray Colhake? What about Coal Lake? What, what do we want to see in Coal Lake? This is where we're at. We need to see God do something in Coal Lake. Not in Timbuktu. That's great he's doing things in Timbuktu. It's great he's doing things overseas and wherever. But, but what about right where we live? Do we want to see the Lord move? Of course we do. Of course we do. We, we love the Lord and we love people. And we're going to express that by giving of ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Hmm. Rack over to Romans. The 12th chapter of Romans. Love prefers one another. 12. 9. Let love be without dissimulation or hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, honoring, preferring one another. Preferring one another. Glory to God. You see, the Word of God tells us that. That wasn't just something I came up with. The Word tells us to prefer your brother before yourself. And that's not easy to do, is it, if you're in the flesh? Because 
Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even if you get this down in your heart, do you think you're never going to have a flesh battle with it? Ah, yes. Even if you get it down deep, you've got to pay attention to your spirit. You've got to pay attention to your heart because your flesh is going to battle it every time. But you know what? You see, the Bible says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That means the greater one dwells in us. That means the capability to overcome your flesh, the capability for me to overcome my flesh is there. I've got the strength to do it. Because the greater one dwells in me, the spirit of the living God dwells in me, and you find, I know you found it out yourself, I found it too, that the more I get into the word of God, the more time I spend with the Lord, get in prayer, what happens? All of a sudden, what happens? Your flesh begins to be overruled by your spirit. Spend no time in the word, spend no time in prayer, and what begins to happen? It isn't long, and your flesh will start to rise, and it'll all be about me again. It's about me and what I want. We've all experienced it. See, we're on something. We're on to something. This is a clue. This is a key. The key is that we spend time with our relationship with the Lord. It suppresses our flesh because the spirit man rises and gets stronger. This word here is spirit food for the spirit man. You ever see anybody who's never eaten for weeks and weeks and weeks on end? Months on end? What happens? They become very, they, they become very thin, powerless. They don't have the strength. Why? Because they're not eating. What do you think happens in the spirit realm? If we could open, if we could open up into the spirit realm and we could see everybody here today, the, their spirit man, what do you think we'd see? Would we see strong spirit men just bulging? Or would we see some, maybe some little biophrens? We have to answer that ourselves. What would we see? Because the reality is the two parallel. The natural, the spiritual parallel. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. We want to be strong in spirit. Mm-hmm. You do realize, of course, that you are a spirit. You don't have a spirit. You are a spirit being. Okay? The Bible says you are a spirit being. The Bible says that you possess a soul. You have a soul. You have a mind, a will, and emotion. That's part of you. But, you also, uh, but then you also have the body, right? The body's your house. It's your temple. It's where you live. This body, one day, if the, if, if the rapture doesn't happen and I don't get caught up in the rapture, my body's going to go into the dirt. Now, if you live to be 82, you probably got about, what, 3,000 days? 3,000 days. Some of you have burnt up a few of them. Some of you got more to go. No, it's important, brothers and sisters, that we pay attention. The Bible says that the, the Word of God tells us to number our days. Number our days. Look at, look at our days and what we've got left. Spend your time wisely. Spend your days on earth wisely. See, a lot, see I've wasted a lot of days. Ooh. <laughs> Man, I've done some things. Wasted my time. But we don't have to remain there. We can move on. Amen. We can put the past, the past is the past. Let's not be worrying about that. You can't fret about that. You know the old saying, don't cry over spilt milk. Let's go on. Let's make a difference today. Let's make a decision. Today's the day. Let's make a decision today. 
we're going to change. We're going to do things differently. We're not going to live the old way. We're not going to waste our days. That old song, eh? Wasted days and wasted nights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, bless the Lord. Okay. Let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 2. Oh, hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let, let each esteem another better than himself, than themselves. Now, well, the more we go over this, the more it's going to settle in. You see, we can't get this in one, we can't get this in one, one little session. 20 minutes on a Sunday morning isn't going to do it. We need to keep hearing and hearing and hearing. The Bible says, in fact, hearing comes, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Not having heard, so that means you just don't go home today having heard this and get faith from it. You've got to open up your Word, read it for yourself, meditate on it, pray on it, talk to God about it. See, I don't agree with it, but I, want, I have to do it. Whatever your, whatever your situation is with the Lord. You see, you're not going by feelings. You might not feel like doing any of this. Do you think the Father felt like sending his son to the cross? I don't think so. But he did it because he loved us. Do you think that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and feel like doing something for somebody else? Is it only just going to be for you feel like it? No. We're going to have to step out and do something for somebody else when our feelings are the worst. But, brothers and sisters, as we do, as the word tells us to do, oh, blessings start coming. Because you know what? The selfish life is the most unfulfilling life there is. I said the selfish life is the most unfulfilling life there is. When you and I, when we bless people, when we help people, when we give of ourselves, do we get a sense of greatness? Do we get a sense of, it's, it's a sense of blessing in our lives? Look at our brother. Comes in here. Works in, does work in the church. Fixes this, fixes that. Do you think he does that just so he can look big amongst everybody? No, he doesn't that. He does that because he loves God. He loves his house. He respects his house. And he says, Lord, I've got some time on my hands and I'm going to spend some time keeping your house in order. I'm going to look after. I want to see the house of God looking good. So he gives of himself. What's that? What's that a symbol of? Oh, we're getting it, aren't we? We're getting it, aren't we? Hey, you see, we're getting it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you say, well, he's just coming in the church here doing it. No, 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 no. You don't want to say that at all. No. no, you don't want to say that at all. You want to say, Lord, how can I do as much or more? Yes. That's what you want to say. Amen. See, that would be real love. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's, that's because you love God. You love his house. You love his people. So you'll give of your time. You, you consider the word of God. And, you, and you, that's why you spend time in the word. Because you respect and honor his word. God is a God of his word. You honor his word. And by honoring his word, you honor him. By, honoring, by going into the word, understanding and reading, you want to come to know him in a greater way. I want to come to know him in a greater way. I find I learn a lot about God by reading his word. I do. I find a lot by reading his word. I find out who he is. I find out how much he loves me. I find out how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. I also find out that he said that if I loved my, if, if I really love God, I will love my brethren. If I really love my brethren, I will give myself for them. Praise the Lord. That's what the word has to say. 
That's what the Word has to say, brothers and sisters. Glory to God. Brothers and sisters, love also shows mercy and doesn't judge. Oh, yeah. Proverbs 6.16 tells us that by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Mercy and truth is what got sin purged out of your life. See, that's the grace of God. Mercy and truth. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God's mercy. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God's truth. Somewhere along the line, somebody spoke truth over you, and you have believed it, and you acted upon it, and you got born again. See? Oh, yeah. So, why shouldn't we, I ask you this, brothers and sisters, why shouldn't we show some mercy to those around us? Why shouldn't you and I show some mercy to our brothers and our sisters? Why, would, why should we judge them? Who gives us a right to judge our brother or our sister? Come on. Come on. What does the word have to say? What does the word have to say? Let's go over to Romans chapter 14. Go back over to Romans. Romans, the 14th chapter. Okay. 14th chapter, 7th verse. For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live to Lord, unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. This is talking about the body of Christ now, aren't it? We're not talking about the world here, are we? So let's keep this in perspective. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord of both the living, or both the dead and the living. Jesus is Lord of both. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? What, what are you against your brother for? The Bible saying. Why, why would you be judging your brother? Calling your brother down? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to be judged right along with your brother. I'm going to be judged right along with my brother. My sister. Amen? Okay. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every one of us will give an account of himself. I'm not going to give an account for you. You're not going to give an account for me. You're going to give your own account. All of a sudden, we find out, we, 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 want, to, we want to just make sure we're uh, in the place of giving a good account. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's not all just about just uh, sailing along here, just, well, after all, God's all-powerful. He'll just do anything. I don't have to worry about anything. Oh, no, there's one person that can stop the work of God in your life. Just one. Just one, mind you, but he can do it. It's you. You're the one person, the one individual that can stop God working in your life is you, is me. I can turn on God tomorrow, turn against his word, curse him, say he has no, he's not my God, and, and, and you know what? Leave him completely and die and go to hell. And God can't do a thing about it. What do you mean God couldn't do a thing about it? No, he couldn't. Because if he did, he'd have to go against his word. Oh yeah, no, no. He can't go against his word. He can't go against his word, brothers and sisters. 
So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. You see, these people were judging too. Let's stop judging one another. Let's stop judging one another. But judge rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Don't try tripping your brother up. Don't, don't try tripping your brother up. Don't put something before your brother who maybe is a little weaker in faith than you, okay? Might put something before him that would cause him to stumble and miss God. Serious place to be, brothers and sisters. No, no. You and I, if we see some weakness in our brothers, what are we to do? The Bible says that we're to bear one another up. So that means you're gonna, if you're going to bear one another up, well, no, you're not going to throw them on your shoulders and carry them around, no. What you're going to do is you're going to pray for them. You and I, we're going to pray for one another. We're gonna, so if we're going to pray for one another, we're going to have to at least give ourselves, give of ourselves in a small portion at least, right? Because we're going to have to take time to pray for one another. We've got to at least do that. Amen? So that's love. Giving of our time to pray for your brother because he's weak. Because you see that he's having a problem. Encourage him. Lift him up. Bear him up. Word of God again. I, I, I take note that not one of these things are my word. Have you noticed that? It's not me. It's coming from the Bible. So if there's any, well, if there's any uh, doubt in what's being spoken when we read the word, I'm talking about when we're reading the word of God, then that would have to be taken up with the author of the word. That would have to be taken up with him. You would have to go to him and say, I don't agree with your word. I don't know if that's such a wise place to be. Do you think? I mean, yeah, it could be honest, but it's, 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 it's absolutely honest. It's foolishness. Why would you argue with God? Do you, do you, do you or I, do we know better? No, no. If you have doubts about the word, questionings about the word, no, no. You go to the Father and you say, just like is in, uh, that was uh, spoken in Mark, the man who came to Jesus and said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, he believed in Jesus, but he had some doubts rolling around in his mind. He had some doubts rolling around in his mind. You see, you can believe in your heart and still have doubt in your head. Don't let your head be your guide. Let your heart be your guide. Your heart's born again. Your heart has the living God in it. Your head's just, your head's just trying to figure things out with your own natural ability. I want to say, brothers and sisters, your natural ability and my natural ability is not that good. Not in the light of God's word. You see, so to argue with God is foolishness. You're arguing with God out of your head. See, that's where all the foolishness comes, is in your mind, in your head. Pay attention to this. What is the Lord saying to my spirit? What is the Holy Spirit which dwells in my recreated human spirit? What is the Holy Spirit telling my recreated human spirit? What's it telling it? That's what you've got to pay attention to. That, the Bible says, is being led by the Spirit of God. Not by our intellect. Our intellect will mess us up. Our intellect will mess us up. If we try to figure all this out with our head, you'll never get there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, love forgives. Oh, I said love forgives. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
Look at this. I'll tell you, we are in, you know, we're in the cusp of tying some of this stuff all together where we can see where we could uh, become more powerful in the things of God. I said we want to be more powerful in the things of God. If you've got your Bible, go over to Mark. Go over to the 11th chapter. Let's go to 24. Hmm. We said that love forgives. Real love forgives. Now, if you're a parent and you've been a parent more than five minutes, you may understand this. That there are times when you could, if you let your flesh get involved and start to pay attention with your head instead of your heart, that you could condemn your children. You could speak words of condemnation over them in a heated moment. Am I the only one here that is have a children? What about when your children don't line up exactly the way you think they should? Do you have a spirit or a heart of forgiveness towards your families? Not only just your family, your immediate family, but what about your brothers and sisters? What about forgiving your brother for what he's done to you? What about forgiving your sister for what she's done to you? Love forgives. And you know what Jesus has to say about this? You want to know how powerful this is? In Mark, the 11th chapter, the 24th verse, Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Whatsoever things, let's read it right here. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You see, we're, th- th- this, is, this is one of the, uh, the truths that we need to get in our heart because this is how we're going to receive some things. You got any desires? You got any wants and needs? Come on, read this. You got you to get this scripture down in your heart because here's Jesus saying, therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things you desire, if you've got some desires, you're looking for some things, whatever things, things are things. Whatsoever things you desire. Okay? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When are you going to have them? When are you going to have them? No, no. No, no. Yeah. When you believe you receive them. Not when you pray. Oh, you can pray and have no belief at all. You can pray and just go through the motions. When you believe you receive them, that's when you're going to have them. Not when you get them in the natural. This is in the future. It's a futuristic event here. You believe you receive them, that's when they're yours. Not when you pray, not when they arrive on your doorstep. Now, you want to know how this is, you know what gauges all this? You know how this comes into play? You know the power there is in this? Okay, let's read on. Let's read on because we don't want to stop there. We, we, we may make a mistake if we just stop there. Okay, let's go to 25. And when ye stand praying, forgive. 
Oh, love forgives. When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Any? What, what do you mean, Lord? Oh, you don't know what they did to me, Father. You do not know they did me wrong. No, no. It's not, that's, that's not involved here. Jesus didn't say, you forgive any except for the ones that really did you wrong. That's not what he said at all, is it? No, no, he said any. You have ought against any. Does that mean your grandma? Does it mean your mother? Does that mean your, how about your mother-in-law? Huh? Oh, yeah, Jesse's laughing. Yes, sir. Hey, what about your mother-in-law? What, what, what about your father-in-law? Oh, come on. Now we're getting right down where the rubber meets the road. You see? You see, any is any. What about that one who stole from you? Are you supposed to forgive them? Are you supposed to forgive the one who did you wrong by stealing? They actually took something from you? Hmm. No, any is any, brothers and sisters. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought or if you have anything against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Oh, here we got something going here. Here we got something going here. We're learning that if we will forgive others, if we'll forgive our brothers and sisters, if we'll forgive those that have done wrong to us, our Father which is in heaven will forgive us. Well, let's read on. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. But if you do not forgive, you cannot get it in your heart. Now we're not talking about your head. You may have some things rumbling around in your head, but you've got to bring them down. You've got to pull them down because your head will try to teach your spirit if you allow it. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be teaching our spirit. Our spirit's supposed to be telling our head what to do. You say, you get in your head, you're going, oh, I just can't stand that. You go, your spirit pops up and goes, hold it. No, 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 we don't say that. No, no. In the name of Jesus, I just thank you for blessing that brother. I thank you, Father, that the windows of heaven be opened up on him. I forgive him for anything he's ever done to me. I pray you just bless him. Cause him to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Just speak to his heart. We thank you, Father, for the work you're doing in his heart. I just love that, brother. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you see what's happened there? All of a sudden, what happened to your flesh? It had to bow. It had to bend its knee to that recreated spirit who was speaking in line with the word of God. Oh, now we've got a victory. Because we're walking away from this situation now with victory. Oh, and not only that, but the Lord is working on our brother's behalf because we went to the, God, we went to the Lord and prayed. Oh, do you think God doesn't hear you when you pray? Sure he does if you're in love. Sure he does if you're forgiving. He hears you. The effectual fervent prayer of a what man? Righteous man. That means you believe God's word. Abraham, what happened to Abraham? Abraham, he believed God's word and it was counted to him as righteousness. You believe God's word and you pray and do according to his word, it's counted to you as righteousness. Your effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. The effectual fervent prayer is praying over this brother. God's working on his, on his behalf. And he says, wow, I'm going to touch that man because my child has prayed and believed me and operated in accordance to my word. Okay? But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. It's written in red. You can't get around it. You can't try to get some paraphrasing going on here that's going to change that. No, no. The word's the word. Don't want to forgive anybody? Well, then walk, walk away unforgiven. But if you fear God, remember? The fear of the Lord. 
is the beginning of wisdom. That's having a reverential a reverence for God, honoring Him, a fear of leaving the Word and then being opened up to the devourer. You understand that when we leave the Word, we open ourselves up to the devourer. Is it the truth or not? You see, when we're in this Word and we're believing God and trusting God, there's a hedge of protection around us. The enemy not coming in to get us. Oh no, enemy can't come in and get you. When you're believing and trusting God, operating in his word, walking in love, forgiving, how's the enemy going to get you? Hmm? No, 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 he can't get you. You're a child of God. You're an earthly father, an earthly mother. You going to let some enemy come in and damage your children? Huh? No, you would never let that happen. You would never let that happen. Well, what's the difference with our godly father? Amen. Ooh, this is good, isn't it? Hey, praise the Lord. Huh? This is good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Praise the Lord. Are you glad you came today? I got four people. Right on. Glory to God. The rest, you'll come along. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Mm, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go from 1 to 4. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. Could there be a chance you spoke with the tongues of angels? Something to ponder on, isn't it? And have not charity. This word charity, here's love. If we don't have this love, okay? I have become as a sounding brass or a tanking cymbal. Basically a noisemaker. Have we ever heard any of those people? Although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. Well, I'll tell you, pretty powerful thing going on here. This is just not moving a mountain for, for, you know, to play with it. But this is actually, you know, having a mountain circumstance in your life, believing God, and seeing it cast out, seeing it moved. And have not charity, I'm nothing though. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So could, could there be people that are doing all this and not have love and it not gain them a thing? Could that happen? I'm thinking that this word is written here for a reason. There might be some people out there that are doing that. That's not you or it's not me, right? That's not what we're all about. We're not doing things just to be showy. We're doing things because we love. Okay? Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaulteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Amen? Oh, yeah. Now, let's just, let's just pop over here, back over here quick, too. Because this, this is kind of good here. This is good. Let's go over to the 8th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now, we're talking about love. We're talking about the love of God. We're not talking about human love. We're talking about the love of God. The love of God that's shed abroad in your heart. Now, as touching things offered to idols, we know that we uh, all have knowledge. The knowledge puffeth up. But charity edifieth or builds up. See, we can get thinking we're pretty high and mighty if we don't watch ourselves. 
we got to be watching because the Bible says that love builds people up. Amen? And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he is no, his, his, he hath knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. So there's more knowing involved here. We got a, we got a, we got a ways to go. <laughs> it's what this is telling us. You know, we haven't arrived, brothers and sisters. We got some, we got some knowing to do. And we know it comes through the word, okay? But here's, here's something interesting. Here's something interesting, okay? Now pay attention to this because this is good. But if any man love God, do you love God? Wow. Where, where are we at? This, this is Coal Lake, isn't it? Coal Lake Community Church. Bunch of believers gathered together. Those that love God are in here. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you'd fall asleep. Sorry. If I'm getting that boring, let me know. Jump up and holler. You're bored. Boring. And then we'll try to do better. Okay, let's pay attention now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But if any man love God, which is this group here, Praise the Lord. The same, what? Is known of Him. You love God. I love God. What does the Bible say? It says here, the same, that's you and, my, you and me, is known of God. Is that, is that a good thing? Oh my goodness, brothers and sisters. The God... Uh, spoke the world into existence? Knows you. Knows you. Knows you. Knows me. Let it sink in. Now let's go over here. This will answer a question here. This kind of, because this is, I, I, I would imagine this, you may have had this question too. Let's go to Matthew. Well, I tell you, the love, this love that we're talking about is so important. The more we read it, the more we study it, the more we begin to understand how important the love of God is in our lives. Matthew 7, 22. Well, in fact, let's go to 21. Let's start at 21. Okay? Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of, the, of my Father, which is in heaven. A statement. This is Jesus. We're in red here. Okay. Many will say unto me in that day, what day? The day we stand before the Lord. The day of the Lord. Many are going to say, okay, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? So, uh, there's evidently there's some power going on here, isn't there? I mean, there's some, there's some manifestations going on. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, well, let's read on then. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Done many wonderful works. Let's, let's just stop here for just a quick second. Do you know that we have to, brothers and sisters, in, as born-again children of God, we have to watch this in our lives. We have to make sure that we don't run to and fro looking for signs and wonders all the time. 
There's people in the body of Christ that travel from one meeting to another just to see a sign and a wonder. But you know what? Their time in the Word is minimal. Dangerous place to be. There's devils that work miracles too. There's things, there's people that, that uh, as we go on here, we'll just see something here. Don't just run hither, thither, and yon because you're looking for a miracle to be seen. You want to get a miracle? Get in this word, and when he starts to work in your life, and when he starts to show you things, that's a miracle. The greatest miracle in your life happened from this word when you got born again. When your heart was changed was the greatest miracle you'll ever experience. When you got out of, uh, when you got out of hell and got into heaven, that was the greatest miracle that ever happened. Don't be running hither, thither, and yon just because you're hearing of miracles. If the Lord leads you into places, that's fine. But don't just go here and there because you're looking for a sign. You could, if you're not in the word, be deceived. Let's go on. Well, let's see what Jesus had to say about it. Okay? Then I will profess unto them. Who's them? Them that were doing the signs and wonders. Them that were apparently doing these miracles and, and making all, uh, you know, made it look like things were really happening in, the, in, in God's uh, will. I never, he said, and I will profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Knew you, never knew you. Remember we just read, the man who loves God. If you love God, what do you do? You keep his commandments. The man who loves God is Known of God, I never knew you. The Bible says that the one that's departed and was told to, be, to leave is because depart, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. You see, there's people that are out there doing things that God doesn't really know. And you don't want to be next around with that. You've got to get in the word, brothers and sisters. You know, we're getting, we're getting closer and closer to the end. And, and, and the closer we get to the end, the more deception is going to try to come. And if you don't get in this word... I, I can, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not prophesying this over anything, but I'm saying the chances are that you're going to get to a place of deception if you don't pay attention to the Word, if you won't put the Word first place, if you won't honor the Word of God. You open the door up for deception. And the Bible says right here that there are people that are out there doing mighty, wonderful things, and they actually ask the Lord, what's going on here? But Jesus said, I didn't even know you. Right. See, you didn't love me. That's, right. That's what happened. That's what's going on. They didn't love God. So if you don't love God, you're not known of God. We just read it. The same that loves me is known of God. How do you love God? How do you show love for, to God? You show love to God by keeping his commandments, the Bible says. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments. Wow. All of a sudden, we begin to see the importance of God's word. Do we not? Oh, yes. We see the importance of God's word. What, would, what makes us think that we can never open the Bible and bless the kingdom of God? Bless God. What, 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 make, what makes us think that? I've been there. I've been there where I get so busy with things that I just, my Bible just almost got some dust on it. Have you been there? Have you been there? Okay, so we don't want to stay there. Let's not let that condemn us. Let's say, those days are past. We're going to turn a new leaf. We love the Lord so much that we're going to put ourselves down. We're going to give of ourselves and we're going to spend time in His Word to come to know Him. And the same 
who is known of God is loved of God. The same who loves God is known of God. Praise the Lord. Oh, my, my. I think you're starting to get it, brothers and sisters. I think you're starting to get the importance of the word. I think we've been, you know, the Lord has been emphasizing in this congregation for almost a year now or more the importance of the word. Really focusing in on the word. But do you think that is, do you think there's no reason for that? You see, the Lord is merciful. He's got grace in our lives. The grace is that he understands without that word, we're going to make mistakes. He doesn't want to see us making mistakes. So what's he going to do? He's going to emphasize his word needs to be, his word needs to be lifted up in this place. That means we were deficient. That's no problem in that. That's, that's, that's nothing to be ashamed of. We were deficient. Let's change the deficiencies. Okay? We, we understand that. Let's change it. Let's start spending time in the Word. We need to read Scripture every day. Every day we need to be. That means we're going to have to probably, at first anyway, empty some of our life out a little bit just so we can spend... You know, some of us are so busy we can't even hardly afford a half an hour. We, we're going all over the place, man, doing this and doing that. I mean, after all, you've got texts to write, you know, to, to respond to. You know, you've got emails to respond to. You know, you've got this you're doing. You've got to go here. You've got to go there. You've got that. You've got this. You got... We, all, we all experience this. Some are online. We've got to stop and say, whoo, hold it. I can get more done by getting into the Word of God than I can by leaving the Word of God and trying to get done what I want to get done. Because God will show us how to, He'll give us wisdom on how to properly divide our day so that we're efficient. He'll show us things. He'll give us quick little ideas. Give us tips. What, I've been doing it like this all this time? My goodness, I've, I've wasted half a day just fooling around here doing this. Yeah, I'll do it their way, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's, that's good. Praise the Lord. Look at the efficiency. I got, I got this done. In fact, I made a profit off of it because I did it right. I did it, I did it his way. He, I gained a profit. And I got more time to go home and spend with my children. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what we want. Glory to God. Well, I want to read something from the Amplified Bible in our closing here. And I believe this kind of sums up kind of what we're talking about in the last three lessons. About love. Now this, this kind of opens it up, gives us a little broader view of it. If you read it from the King James or whatever, you might, you might, you know, the word charity, we, we sometimes get a little mixed up with the word charity, but charity basically is love. I mean, they tried to do their best to separate it from, you know, a human sort of way of feeling about doing things and the God kind of love, the love of God. But I, I, let's, just, let's just read this out of, this, out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Amplified Bible. If I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I've become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just as annoying distraction. And if I have the spirit of a gift of prophecy and speak a new message from God to the people and understood, understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but do not have love reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give my possessions, all my possessions, to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, do not, but do not have love, it does me no good at all. Love endures, 
with patience and sanity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account the wrong endured. The church can just get that, eh? It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Endureth all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. For our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete. Do we know everything, brothers and sisters? No, we don't know everything, do we? But when that which which is complete and perfect comes that which is incomplete and partial will pass away. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Then I became a man. I did away with childish things. For now, in this time of imperfection, we see in a mirror dimly a blurred reflection, a riddle, Enigma. But then, when the time of perfection comes, we will see reality face to face. Now I know in part, just in fragments, but then I will know fully, just as I have been fully known by God. And now there remaineth faith, that's abiding trust in God and His promises, hope, it's confident expectation of eternal salvation, love, unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think that kind of sums it up. Brothers and sisters, Let us walk in love, one with another. Amen? Let us fulfill the commandment of love. Let's love one another. Let's reach out to our neighbor. Let's be kind and courteous and affectionate one to another. Let's bear one another's burdens. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, bless the Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church. 
a place where families come together.